This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of The Download with my co-host Tyler Overstreet. Hello. Uh, that is the Dangerous Summer with their song, Never Feel Alone. That's the the theme song today. Uh, thanks to Hopeless Records for that. Um, we got a lot to talk about, and uh, none of it I really, some of it I really don't care to relive, but let's get to it. Uh, we'll get ready to uh, start talking about the Pocono race. We started uh, the weekend off with a little bit of trouble. Uh, second run of practice, uh, had a bad shift, broke the motor. Uh, have done that before, but I can't remember the last time. It doesn't really happen uh, that often. Um, sometimes on restarts, but uh, you just kind of don't get the car all the way in gear, and you just kind of rev the motor up. You know, it's a kind of a relatively uh, non-event. But in this particular instance, uh, we actually got the car in the wrong gear. Uh, the motor's designed to turn really no more than 9,500 RPMs, and it went well over that. And uh, so they changed the motor and the transmission. That means we'd have to go to the back of the pack. That, was, that brought up a scenario for qualifying that was pretty interesting where we had to start in the back of the pack. Um at some racetracks, you'd still probably put up a qualifying effort just to get the pit selection. At Pocono, the pits are really big, so pit selection wasn't that critical. So it was probably a better idea not to put as many laps on the tires, as no more than we had to. Some guys have been in this position before this year and not even made an attempt to qualify, but that angers NASCAR. Right, especially because they had like the promotion where if you brought a can, you got a free admission, and they were blowing that up, so... They don't want the big the big guy to not be qualifying. Well, I don't know if that was why they were upset, but uh, <laughs> anyways, you know, we made an attempt to qualify, and we thought that uh, we would make that attempt in race trim without any tape on the grill, so it would give us our car. We were kind of wanting to make some major changes to it, so we would put the setup in there, and it'd give us a lap to understand if that was a good direction for Saturday. So that's what we did. I actually ran a really good lap. Ended up 28th overall. Beat some guys that were in full race, full qual trim. I was joking with my nephew uh, um, uh, Jeffrey that uh, better not out qualify him in my race trim, um, and ended up doing that. But um, anyhow, we ended up uh, practicing on Saturday and didn't really like to set up, so we made a lot of changes that night. Started the race and the car was really, really good. Passed on a lot of cars, moving up through the field. Um, we were catching, uh, Denny Hamlin and the 19 Suarez and we're about half a second faster than they were running them down for 13th, 14th position. So had a lot of speed, top five car. Um, we got a restart after this first stage, pretty active little restart there, shuffling around, got loose underneath my teammate, uh, Casey Kane in a tunnel turn, about wrecked him. Um, starting to get things kind of squared away come down the front straightaway, shifted into from third gear to fourth and went back and in, went into second again. So broke the motor again, same exact thing that we did Friday. So I'm trying to think like why why does this why does a natural motion for me that has put me in fourth gear time and time again, millions and millions of times, why is that motion now wrong? Um a lot of things can be possible like uh the location of the uh, shifter handle. Have they changed something on the tail housing of the transmission that, that relocated the shifter? Is the shifter handle different? Taller, whatever, shorter. Um, has the pattern in the shifter handle changed, the H pattern? None of that has changed from what the team has told me, and I believe them. I mean, it doesn't make sense why they would change it and not say anything to me. So, I mean, that leaves me with no answers. That that really, um, 
you know, it just leaves me with no answers on what, what, uh, why this keeps happening. It's really embarrassing because racing's a team sport. You don't want to be that guy. You don't want to go out there, work hard all day, and be the guy that costs everybody the game, right? And if you're in a team sport, there's days where you're going to be that guy. So you got to be able to deal with it, but it's really not a lot of fun. Um, so I just uh, told the team that it is on me. Uh, we'll work hard to figure out what we can do to make sure this doesn't happen when we come back. They had a great pit stop. We gained a couple spots. They've been working really good. They had great pit stops at Charlotte. And uh, over the last couple of weeks, uh, the cars have been you know, pretty good. The car Sunday was, I mean, I was pretty confident we were going to finish in the top 10 real easy, if not, you know, get up there in the top five and maybe battle at the end. <sighs> so it was really... Uh, on the shifting thing, at one point they said Harvick did. It sounded like he did the same thing, but his didn't break. Is there? Is it like how quick you catch it? Or I how doubt he. I doubt he went from third to second and didn't blow the motor. Right. I think he probably tried to get into fourth gear from third to fourth and just didn't get into gear. Popped the revs real high. Probably hit the limiter. Probably ran the motor. You know, a couple hundred RPMs over the limiter, and then went to gear. Um, Something like a missed shift on a restart. Right. Not a full-fledged get it in the the wrong second gear. Right. Yeah. Then there was also HMS as a whole seemed to have some braking issues. Yeah. And we talked about this on the drive to the airport. That's probably due to the smaller spoiler. Yeah. So it's the, the less downforce is causing you guys to need the brakes more. Obviously, it was a you and Chase both reported it in the first stage. Then Jimmy had his problem. Have you ever had that situation that Jimmy had going down the front straightaway and you get to the corner and it's like, oh, damn, I got to figure out what to do? Yeah, I don't think I've ever had any problem like that where, well, I had that happen to me actually in a late model car at Martinsville. Both front both front brake calipers came off the car at the same time. Um yeah, and there's no brakes. I mean, your pedal goes to the floor, and there's not much else he can try to do to avoid crashing. Um, and that happens, uh, you know, that ha you're right about the spoiler being shorter. There's less drag on the car, so you wouldn't think that that much spoiler would make that much of a difference or that the spoiler actually is slowing the car down that much on decel into the corner, but it does. So without that downforce or without that spoiler we had last year, we actually have to use more brake to slow the car down. And a lot of drivers are learning, I guess, uh, I'm learning, that uh, at a lot of these racetracks where we used to lift is a little bit too deep into the corner now. And you have to back the whole corner up. You have to lift sooner. Uh, or, yeah, you're going to burn the brakes up. Over, uh, We push everything on the cars to the limit. We run the motors as hot as we can possibly run them without breaking them we run, so we can run as much grill tape as we can get down for us. We run uh, a little, we run the least amount of braking cooling that we need is to keep the brakes from failing. Or that you anticipate you need. So that we, we've learned over the years, this is how hard we can push the brakes. This is all, this is the minimal amount of cooling that we need. To keep uh, to keep these ducts taped up on the front for additional downforce as well. So I looked at the front of my car after I got out of it, and part of the brake ducts are closed off with duct tape to increase downforce. So we've learned that we can push the brakes over, uh, you know, over the front brakes to a certain degree and the rear brakes to a certain temperature. And I think with this, uh, with the new change in the in the downforce and the drag, we are getting into the race and pushing the brakes to, to to places that the brakes can't handle. So the initial issue that you feel really is the brake pedal itself just gets soft. It gets softer and further. It, you have to mash the pedal further to get the car to stop. That means the temperature of the fluid is boiling. Uh, the fluid's reached a boiling point. And eventually, after a few laps of that, you get to where mashing the pedal, uh, the, the the pedal ends up going all the way to the floor and does not slow the car down. You can pump it up 
down the straightaway and bring the pedal back. Um, but that that too will only uh, last for a little while before you you know you just run out of brakes entirely. Or the caliper, uh, or the, I mean the rotor will explode. And is that have, what happened to Jimmy? More than likely, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not entirely sure, but it looked like he had a failure of the caliper, and the one car ran over some of that debris getting in the corner, also and hit the hit the wall. Right. So there, I felt the pedal falling and getting deeper, the pedal getting longer. So I started to chill out, not run hard. Even that, even running like that, we're still top five car. The Casey or Chase had the same issue. And he backed up, backed his car up too and chilled out, just trying not to run hard. The only problem with that is that's not you know that's not an answer to f- cure the rest temporary, of the race. Temporary, yeah. Yes, temporary while you're out there on the track. So the guys were pulling a little bit of tape under caution to get a little more temperature into the ducts, uh, because when you're in a pack or you're following a car trying to pass them, that really is going to cut down on the ability for air to get into the to the ducts if you're up somebody's butt, you know. So I had my brake fa- uh, failure as I was trying to pass a car. I had pressured a car for about five laps, and the brake started, you know, fading on the car. So if you're going to be able to race people all day long, especially late in the race, you're going to need, you know, going to have to open them ducks up quite a bit more. So that was probably uh, that's probably going to continue to be an issue for us right, as the race went on, but I believe we would have been able to deal with it. And uh, Jimmy said he had no un- no issues with brake uh, fade or the pedal fading it was uh they worked great all day until that moment sudden yeah yep so let's move on to happier stuff <laughs> <laughs> ryan blaney your good friend got his first win um driving for the wood brothers it was their first win since what the 2012 daytona 500 2011 with trevor bain and you guys you instagrammed a video where y'all loaded up some pretty hefty coolers and had it waiting on him so how was the celebration uh i imagine he was on cloud nine last night yeah um yeah that's a good assessment uh you know i i was uh i was pretty good friends with his father we raced against each other in xfinity series um i knew he was a big time sprint car racer and uh, he had already accomplished quite a bit before he ever got to the Xfinity Series. He rode the Emico car, which I thought was a really cool paint scheme. I liked it when it was white on the front and had like the neon red numbers. Yeah. I know he had one that was black and gold with gold numbers, but yeah. yeah. Well, we used to run Emico in the late model series. When I ran late models, the fuel you supposedly needed to run was Emico white, which was uh, apparently produced a little bit more horsepower than and it was just the standard stuff you get down at the pump you know you go drive to the gas station and get it so i um i don't know i thought that that was a cool sponsor and uh liked his car and we actually we actually raced against each other quite a bit he's very competitive in the xfinity series back then so i always liked dave and um took notice when Ryan ran one of his uh, first races with Tommy Baldwin at Richmond in Xfinity Series. Yeah, that, I remember looking up and being like, holy crap, who's this guy? Because that car wasn't nearly as good equipment as what we have here, but he was kicking our guys' butts that night. He ran in the top ten. Yeah. So I think he surprised a lot of people. <laughs> probably, um, you know, Tommy Baldwin's probably like, that's, what, that's my car's good enough to run in the top ten. I don't know why everybody's so surprised. All right. But uh, knowing Tommy. Um, so that was pretty cool. And I think we've all, since that moment, watched his career uh, continue to rise and, and watched him win truck races and Xfinity races. And another thing I like about Ryan, and we talked about this last last week on the podcast, is his ability to interact with the fans on social media, his willingness to uh, go represent and promote the sport outside of the NASCAR bubble even on TV shows and so forth. You have to have guys like that. That's not the that's not the most important part of the job. Uh, the fact that he's talented and good inside the car is great. That's the most important part. But he goes outside. He goes out of his way really to to market the sport in himself. And um, so 
I think you can you're starting to see like the results of that too cuz he's developing a nice little following um just looking through the responses last week from our poll or our list him and Chase Elliott were the top two guys yeah. that people seem to like um Jeff Gluck tweeted a picture after the race yesterday and there was like flocks of people at his nice. merch trailer yep so people were loading up and I watched the video like him doing his uh, Polish victory lap, and there was a lot of uh, arms waving and cheering. So he's developing a nice little following already, which is cool. Yeah, I agree. He's um <clears throat> he's a good guy, uh, easy to like, has a great story. Uh, driving with the Wood Brothers, you know, I think anybody, anytime the Wood Wood Brothers win, that's going to be a popular win. But you tie Ryan Blaney into that. Um, that kind of makes him a bit of a hero uh, for a lot of folks that uh, the new fan and the cold old school core fan can kind of grasp onto that. Right. So awesome. We had a lot of fun. We did go over to his house and uh, he was texting me like, man, what should we do? I got to figure out something to do with my guys. I said, man, you should just have it at your house. Have them over there at your place. I'll, uh, we've got uh, a lot of beer and coolers. We'll fill it up and bring it over there. He was, they were, they got home kind of late around midnight so we took over the uh, three coolers of beer and left it on the back porch. And uh, then we came back over there when he got home and had a few beers with him. Um, Danica and Stenhouse were there, and Bubba was there. Um, it was a lot of fun. So uh, he's, you know, his whole team was there, got to talk to all those guys. A couple of those guys I've actually worked with in my, in my career. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those guys have been on that team for a real long time. Had some great stories, so we had a lot of fun. Uh, talked to him this morning. I think he's he's still in he's in good shape. Um, so good deal, good for Ryan. Uh, that puts him into the chase. He'll yep. be a popular choice for fans to root for throughout the playoffs. And those spots are uh, those spots are getting eaten up pretty quickly. So we better get on our butts if we're going to try to get in that chase. Yeah, there's three first time winners. Yeah, already this season. So yeah, it's pretty awesome. I mean, that, that's just the cycle of youth coming into the sport. This is a new generation of drivers. They're, you know, it's their time. It's the beginning of their uh, their careers. So uh, it's like just like when we saw Jeff Gordon come to the sport, win his first race, or Jeff Burton, those kind of guys. You're seeing some new talent, new guys coming in to stake their claim. Uh, we saw something that was pretty unique on Saturday during Xfinity race, a driver's only broadcast. You know, I was a little disappointed because they kind of got a little bit of a helping hand getting going with the uh, oh yeah the the uh, the usual talent couldn't stand not at least being a little part a little bit of part of the show, um, but eventually uh, you know these guys carried the rest of the show. The word on the street is it was incredibly uh, entertaining. Harvick's got a lot of experience in the booth. Um, Joey's been up there quite a bit as has Clint. Yep. So. They felt really comfortable up there, I'm sure. I actually um, didn't get to watch any of the broadcasts because our car wasn't very good Saturday, so I sat in the hauler with Greg until 5 o'clock or after Xfinity race was over with, I guess, working on our car, trying to go through changes. But the reaction on social media, I actually watched it, but we weren't listening to it, yeah. so we were communicating about our car. But that reaction on social media was phenomenal for this drivers-only broadcast. I think it was too good. Too good. Well, I think for some of the uh, some of the guys that do this for a living, it might have been a little too good. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they're professionals. Yeah, my favorite response was Matt Kenseth at that yeah. um, hospitality thing yesterday when they asked him if he watched it, and he's like, "Yeah, but I watched it on mute." Yeah, but um, I watched the only thing I didn't like was the pre-race show. Yeah. Because the pre-race show was more about the cup guys being the broadcasters than the actual Xfinity race. Itself. Yeah. So that was a little disappointing. But once the race got going, it was cool. I hung out in the seven pit, and then Justin was leading there with 30 to go, and they were trying to figure out what their strategy was. And so they sent Stenhouse up on top of the box to ask our crew chief, Jason mm -hmm. Burdett. And then he went up one time and like tapped him on the shoulder, talked to him for a while. Then he went back down the ladder. And then they're like, okay, now you've got to actually go interview him. And I don't know if they actually they ever did do the interview because there was a caution right then. But they were they were doing a good job. They were all over it. 
And uh, I guess Blaney interviewed Brad in Victory Lane. And then yesterday, Brad ran to Victory Lane and interviewed Blaney, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Yeah. So they did a great job. Uh, Eric Jones, we were talking about him last week as one of the drivers that fans might want to look at as as far as uh, someone to cheer for going forward. You got to see a little bit of her, his personality in the broadcast. He was, I, you know, word on the street is he was doing really well. We, I was watching him, but I'm not not listening to him. But uh, if yeah. he was talking, he was he was showing his personality. What'd you think? I thought he did very well. I, he did open up more than I've ever seen him. He doesn't seem very jovial in his racing interviews, but like doing that, he seemed to have fun. So I mean, I'll be interested to see if he's one of the guys that wants to go up to the booth and do that stuff. Yeah. Because I know Fox has got plenty of race options if he wants to do it. Yeah, I talked to Blaney after uh, I talked to Blaney at drivers' intros, and he said he thought the drivers' only broadcast would be a good idea to do maybe two or three times a year, not no, not too much more than that. Yeah, because you don't want to those folks that do it every week. There's a reason they do it. Yeah, they are trained professionals. They put in the time studying notes and. Yeah, I know, uh, but I mean the, the. It's a it's a good mix up. Yeah. I think the the, the fans. It's really what the fans liked and enjoyed, and I think they liked that. I think they liked the, I don't know, you know, reading comments on social media, it seemed like people were, like the way that, uh, I guess, Harvick, Joey, and Clint went up there without any, no agenda, and they just kind of talked like a couple buddies in the, yeah. in the, at the bar watching the race on TV. A little more casual. Yeah, I guess. But that was pretty interesting. Um Let's talk about this other thing um, that was also interesting over the weekend. Um, Danica's reaction to fans asking for her autograph. I guess it was somebody was shooting a Facebook Live video. Did you watch the video? Yes. All right. Well, tell us about the video. So after qualifying, everybody pretty much funnels back through this main alleyway, back to the garage, to the bus lot. And there's fans lined up along the left side. Um, there'll be some like bike racks. And then at one point there's a fence. There's a lot of, a lot of the autograph photos you see are actually from there. There's a fence and there's like a little, uh, ledge so you can set your diecast car or whatever you have to get signed. And a lot of drivers will stop. And Danica was just, she, instead of going up against where the fans were on the left, she walked all the way to the right and some fans started booing her for not signing autographs. And so she stopped real quick and walked back to the fans and started lecturing them on why she did not like, did not appreciate the booze, which I can understand. You don't, you don't want people to be hating on you. Um, and she was explaining why it wasn't part of her job to sign autographs because she was talking to her crew chief, she said. No, Wait, no, no, no. She said... No? I read, I watched the damn video. I watched it three times. She said, okay, she said, my job is to drive the car and talk to my crew chief. So down. she said her job, basically said her job is not to sign, not autographs. To sign autographs. Yeah. She said she, she didn't say she wasn't going to sign for them because she was doing, talking to oh, the crew okay. chief. She just said, my job is not to sign autographs, it's to drive the car, talk to my crew chief, and do that. Yep, because that's what helps drive the car, yeah. And so she got a little grief for this. A little, yeah, yeah, a lot of grief. And then uh, Brad Keselowski, somebody, it was the uh, Save a Click NASCAR Twitter account, Mm -hmm. which if you ever, if you follow that, it's hysterical just because of all the clickbait articles nowadays. But the question was, is it part of a driver's job to sign autographs? Yep. So Keselowski reached, you know, got into the conversation and asked fans if it's, you know, if they feel like it's the driver's job to sign autographs, if that's part of it. How does the fan respond or feel? Um, got a lot of comments that they, you know, they really don't care. They don't, they don't feel like it's your job, but they appreciate the interaction. And, uh, you know, I, I, what do you think? Well, okay. So when I meet a famous person, I just want to walk away feeling like you know man i'm glad i pulled for that guy yeah or man it's cool to meet him uh and and i hate to say it this way but because it puts a little i think it put it's i think it's it puts a little unnecessary pressure on that celebrity but you just don't want to be disappointed right by the way they act 
how they interact with you. And it can be quick and small. I don't need, you know, I don't have, I don't think people like, or myself have to have five minutes or an hour of your time, but just don't be an asshole or disappoint. Right. You don't have to, I don't, you know, I like to take pictures. If I see, even today, I mean, if I see a celebrity, I really kind of want a picture with them. Right. So I can post it on my social media. Right. That's I mean, that, I think that goes further than the autograph. Well, that's just what I like to do. Yeah. Well, because. But I'm just saying, it's whatever you want. You can have, yeah. if you want a die cast sign, that, if sign that's it. what you want yeah. in that moment, that's fine. I'm, I just think you don't want to be disappointed. That's all. Yeah. And I mean, so every everybody has bad days, bad moments. I think that that, that part would be hard. So like Saturday, you, think, you didn't have a good practice. Yeah, you could have been like, nope. See, the thing is, is that I have found that what makes me feel better is actually do talk going and signing autographs because the fans talk to you and go, you know, I saw you're qualifying. I saw it wasn't very good. No problem. You're gonna get them tomorrow. That's all you. That's yeah. all you really want to hear right. from whoever's gonna tell you that you're feeling like crap. You're disappointed. Um, she's had a tough year. She's under tons yeah, of pressure. Absolutely, she's under a lot of pressure. I can completely relate to how where she is mentally. But f- for me, going and actually talking to the fans and kind of hearing their reinforcement, their positive reinforcement is good for me. So I do. I kind of seek that out um, in those moments because I know once I'm once I kind of go through that process of signing some autographs, talking and interacting, you kind of get your priorities readjusted, what's important. You know, they tell you what you need to hear. Get over this and get, you know, tomorrow's another day. Because um, I'll dwell on things and make them, the you know, make an anthill mountain and uh, make a problem much worse than it really is in my head, you know. So for me, it's good good therapy, I think, to, uh, to interact. And so like some people just, they just want to be mad for I a little bit. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know, you know, I don't know what, I don't know really what's going through Danica's mind in that moment other than that she's just had, she just didn't qualify the way she wanted. Right. And she's frustrated. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she's frustrated. I think that you kind of, you got to, in those moments at the track when they're, when you're, when you're working, I don't know if you get a pass, but you certainly don't get that kind of a pass if that's happening at a dinner or in the grocery store. Right. Or out in, you know, during the week. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think that because the fans are what drives the sport anyways. I mean, anyone will tell you that. So, I think within reason, you can't just stand there for 45 minutes and sign autographs. Well, the funny thing is, is everybody was saying that she, in the time she sat there, took to lecture everybody, right. she could have signed all their autographs. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, she didn't even sign them. <laughs> she just lectured them and walked off. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean there's there are scenarios where I don't I think that you should be left alone. Like whenever you're coming out of the care center, I think that like that's the time when it's just like okay, calm, just step back. Yesterday, you blew the motor and I'm like, "Man, this, he's really disappointed. Everybody on the team's disappointed." And then we walk we're walking to the hauler and it's like, "Hey, sign my diecast." And I was just like because I would I mean, you're you're better than I am about it. I would probably be, if roles were reversed, I would probably be a jerk about it at that yeah. time. Cause, I mean, you were had you had a good car yesterday, then you had trouble, and then you just kind of want to get back to the hauler, get get the hell out of Pocono, and people are like, oh, sign this, sign that, take yeah. a picture. Well, you're um, okay. So you're feeling embarrassed about blowing the motor. You've done it twice in the same weekend. Do you want to add, damn, I was a real asshole to your conscience? Yeah. On top of that? Yeah. You know, when you leave the track, you're like, God, you know, I added more, you know, more fuel to the fire by being yeah. being rude. Um, and like I say, in that moment, the, you're having maybe the, you're having maybe in your mind the worst weekend of the year. But there's certainly worse things. Right. There is. But in your mind, yeah. you're having the worst moment of the season. And somebody still wants an autograph, you know. So that chips away at at that at that um, 
at that mountain that you've created in your head. It's really just an anthill. Right. So if you, you know, so when someone comes up, it's, it's a little, especially a, a kid. Kids are awesome. Golly, man. That knocks that mountain right off the map. Yeah. Um, so if you get, uh, you know, when people still value your, value your, you know, the value the interaction and still, you know, appreciate you. So I look at that guy that wants that autograph in the in in the garage that you were like, hey, this is not a good time. I look at that guy's he somebody here appreciates me even after the crappy things I've done this weekend, and so it it's good therapy for me. But for the record, you just signed for them, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, you know, it's an interesting debate. It's gonna go on and on. Um, I hate it for Danica because it's that put paints her in a bad light, but she. Brought on herself, um, and you, you know, like you were telling me after we were watching the video on Saturday, it's, you know, you never know when the camera's rolling, yeah. who's watching, and uh, that's certainly true in that case. Um, yeah, I hate it for Danica. I mean, she's just super frustrated, having a terrible year. Uh, things like that certainly don't help her. It's not a pass, but it's understandable. Uh, it doesn't help, though, right? sort of. Um, get her on down the road. If you love Dale Jr., then Exalta Racing is your go-to social media account on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It brings you insider's info all weekend long on the 88 team. It's at Exalta Racing, a must-follow for any Dale Jr. fan. All right, guys, we're going to start our Ask Jr. segment. Um, as always, we compiled these questions using the hashtag AskJr on Twitter, and we'll get right to it, at ZGilbreth. 1388 asks, returning to Michigan this weekend, what memory at that track is your favorite? Your first win with HMS, snapping the winless streak in 2012, the IROC race with your dad, or something else? Yeah, that's uh, the IROC race with dad was fun because I almost, you know, it's kind of a one-on-one race between me and him. We ran first and second the whole race pretty much, and then it came down to side-by-side battle for the win. That meant a lot to me. And, uh, we beat Jeff Gordon in Xfinity Race there. I think he's driving a Pepsi car. Oh, yeah. Is that you or the AC Delco? Yeah. Um, in 99. So, uh, yeah, and the wins. I don't know what, what my main uh, memory is from MIS. Hopefully we're going to make one this weekend. That'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, I like the track and, and don't see why we shouldn't run pretty good. At Motley Fan asked, does Blaney have to walk home if you leave the track early? I don't understand what that means. Because he's been known to fly with us. He's flew with us twice, right? Well, that's if you put it on Periscope, people think he flies oh, with us yeah. every week. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't really ride home with us every week. He just a couple times he's kind of borrowed the borrowed an extra seat. Um, yeah, I mean he finds another ride. To, he finds another plane, just, I guess. Just hitching rides. Yeah. At Eddie Mac three asked, "What type and model of Trek bike are you riding?" Um, orange. Yeah, it's orange. Um, it's the latest and greatest. Uh, Jimmy actually lined me up with Trek through his uh, connection with them. And um, I built a, built the bike on the Internet and sent it in to the Cool Breeze guys here in Mooresville, the Trek store. You do what? Like you design it? You can design it. It's called Project One by Trek. And you design the bike online and then... I give that to the Trek dealer here called Cool Breeze Cycling, and they order the bike. So, like, what parts are customizable? Like, could you get, like, a paint job the on main, it? Yeah, well, you obviously could choose the color of the bike. They thought that I'd chosen incorrectly because they're like, I think he wants red. This is uh, orange. He maybe he <laughs> thought it was red. They're like, nah, he likes orange. That's weird. So, I guess they don't give me any orange requests. Yeah. you're getting, it's, If you see an orange yeah. bike, that's you. So... Yeah, they're they're pretty expensive. Um, somebody was on here saying they can almost be twenty grand. Twenty grand? Yeah, the bike I have is fifteen grand. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. What makes it? The components are the one, the parts that are expensive. The shifter, uh, the, oh. the the gear sets, and all that. It's all electronic. Um, so it's uh, I you know I'm learning all about it. Pretty t- pretty uh high end hobby 
Yeah, yeah. That's why I haven't. They don't even let you in the store without paying a cover charge. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a pretty expensive hobby, and I'm for some stupid reason I'm trying to get Amy into it. Man, so because we haven't spent enough money already. Yeah, might as well keep going. Yeah. At the Jeremy Reader asked, do you want HMS to keep the number 88 or would you like them to go back to 25 or do you care? I, you know, I, I, I would be fine with whatever Rick wanted if he wants to bring the 25 back. Um, but I think they'll keep the 88 because it, it has the 88 has some value to the partner. A lot of value. A lot of value to the, to the nationwide partner, and I think that has value also for our HMS. It has the '88 car. Maybe has uh, become valuable. It's an iconic car, like the '24. And I wasn't wanting to say that because I'm. It is okay. It's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. I know. I see it. I see it every week. I, I know. Well, all right. Well, so there you have it. So <laughs> Tyler feels like the car has uh, too much value to uh, go back. To go back. At Ty Dissel asked. Strange question, which yeah. is a great way to start a question. <laughs> but who owns the fire suits, and how many do you have at home? So we get about uh, what you know all this. So answer this. So you get probably half of them. No wait, how many fire suits? Do- okay, so you get four nationwide for the first half of the year, three Exalta for the first half of the year, and then halfway through the year, you get a new set. You get a whole new set. So yeah. for, through the season, we have eight. Yeah, nationwide. And then, so this week it's Mountain Dew. You're gonna get three fire suits: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep. Which you typically wear one on Friday, or you wear the same one pretty much Friday, Saturday, and then a new one on Sunday. Yep. And then at the end, you get about half of them back. Um, I think you get all the shoes. You get like half the helmets, somewhere in that range. And we archive it here at Junior Motorsports. So somebody here has got basically every fire suit that you've worn during your JRM and Hendrick days. But you keep a lot of them at your house and at the Dirty Dome, which the one at the Dirty Dome where we play basketball on Monday nights, it's cool because you've got the Sundrop fire suit, you've got the um, AC Delco, and I mean, it's not not cool the reason that it's interesting, but you have that CompuWear fire suit from the Corvette fire which i think that's i always think that's interesting like when we go in there i'll be like oh yeah there's the that's the fire suit he wore yeah is there one in particular that you are like oh that's cool to have still or do you care yeah i which, mean I want what's your favorite my, one? Oh, oh, i well i want all my fire suits i um you know i don't know what my favorite one is i just have Probably uh, a late model one I don't know. I, I, it's hard to pick a favorite one. There, I want them all though. We 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 kind of archive them, and yeah. we might give them away to uh, give a few away. Not yeah. most of them you keep. We might give one or two away a season to uh, some charities. They're great for you know like charitable golf tournament th- deals or auctions, and a lot of drivers have their own charities and auctions, and so we some of them end up there quite a bit. All right, at Corvette Cheryl asked. Will you race more Daytona and Talladega Xfinity races to continue your legacy at those tracks once you're done cup racing? Um, I can answer that one. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I don't think Daytona and Talladega would be at the top of the list. What's going to be at the top of the list? Short um, tracks. Yeah, short tracks probably going to be at the top of the list. Richmond, Bristol. Okay. Yeah. At Hefe underscore TX asks, any conversations yet about filming retirement commercials with Peyton Manning? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't get to decide that. It's not like I'm going, I can go, you know what? Um, would it be that, cool? Yeah, it'd be cool. Of course. I think two years ago we were supposed to film something with him and then decided not to. At Improv Q asked, why did Pocono Raceway have so much trash blowing around Sunday? Yeah, I don't know. They're just, um, Pocono's going to, you know, there's a lot of racetracks that for some reason have a lot of debris floating around and 
uh, I guess it doesn't find the trash can. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> Yesterday, it was pretty sizable debris. Big, big bags and stuff. Yeah, yeah I like saw them. All over everyone's grill. Yeah. Uh, that just, you know. I mean, it happens. It's pretty obvious. Plus, it was windy. So yes. That, that made it a little more. Yep. Got to get that trash to the can. Come on, folks. Throw your trash out <laughs> in the Pocono infield. Yep. At Zoom underscore Buck underscore 80 asks, when you won your first cup race, how was your party and who was there? Oh, man. I can't even remember back then. Uh, We drove home. From Texas? From No, I mean, we drove home from the airport. Oh, I was oh. riding with my dad. We uh, were driving up to my trailer. I lived in a double-wide trailer. And... My friends had hung sheets in the trees and and painted on them. One said, Dale Jr. lost his virginity in Texas. <laughs> um, my buddy Josh Schneider oh. did all that. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so um, we, I was a little nervous because uh, Dad had been known to break up some parties, not really drive me to them. And so uh, I was a little worried he's going to be angry that all my friends were already there and they were, you know, he's drinking and making a mess. And but he was like, "Have fun." Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't stop being at the party. No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> but he probably showed up the next morning because oh. we're all just to know, check trying it out. to sleep in, and he'll come in there stomping and hollering. How is like the entrance if they're all like? partying and then you finally get there is it like an amazing entrance like hey yeah like uh maybe like you know it would be for a birthday party or something yeah yeah surprise we're having a party at your house yeah i was, I was they would certainly acknowledge you wouldn't you? right wouldn't you imagine yeah but do they like hoist you up on their shoulders and stuff like that oh no 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 just a bunch of yeah everybody they were just happy they'd watch the race waiting on you to get home oh at Ryan, this is the last question. At Ryan underscore Goodrum, we see the attention the young drivers are getting, but are there any young crew chiefs who have got your attention? Um, I think we've got one. We've got a couple like, here. Yeah, I was gonna say we, uh, you know, we we feel like we have the best, you know, new crop. Um, Jason Burdett and. Uh, meandering and our guys um they to me are you know the best of the the best of the best that are going to get the next cup job yeah yeah so and we like to keep them as long as we can that's the tough part about junior motorsports and, and running our team is that you know we're sort of a we're sort of a catalyst to the cup series so like greg Ives was here two years chase was here two years uh same thing with the crew chiefs so it's hard to keep Good people because, well, that that's the goal is to move them out of here. Right. Like the point of them being here is to show what they can do. And then take off. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a, it's tough to uh, – you got to be on top of your game to find the guys that can re replace them. And to keep the company going, to keep the strength of the company going, to keep the cars running good. Yeah. I think the good – I guess he's young in Cup is that Cole Pern – Truex is crew yeah. chief. He's Cole Pern's He good. seems really, really yeah. smart. He does. That car is always fast. But all right, that's it for this week's Ask Junior questions. As always, thank you fans for sending those in using the hashtag Ask Junior. All right, uh, looking ahead, we have tomorrow simulator prep for Michigan. What time am I going? 7.30? 7.30 a.m. To 12? Yeah, 12, 12.30. Or if y'all leave early to go to the competition meeting. That's a lot of hours. That is a lot of – how many laps do you think you'll run? I don't know, but time? three hours. We did three hours last week, and that seemed like a lot. So it's going to be more. Plus, it's driving on 77 to get there, so i got to leave early. So yeah, I'm you're going to have to leave by 6.30. Because yeah, traffic on 77 is awful. Wednesday and Thursday, uh, wide open. Me and Amy might go ride our bike somewhere. Um, Friday, practice and qualifying at 4.15 Eastern on Fox Sports 1. Uh, Saturday, we got two practices. Xfinity races at 1.30 p.m. Eastern on Fox Sports 1. Sunday, 
The Chevy Stage Q&A appearance is at 1230. That's right outside the main grandstand. So, so come out there, hear Dale talk about stuff. Chevys. Chevys, how awesome Chevys are. That's actually a pretty fun appearance. Um, the race is at 3. <laughs> That's late. The race is at 3 Eastern at Fox Sports 1. So 3 p.m. starts the rest of the season pretty much. Yeah. So last week I said I made a comment that people might not get home till midnight. And then my fiance Morgan literally did not get home till midnight. Yeah. Neither they, did the race winner. Yeah. They sat They sat on the tarmac for like an hour and a half. Yeah. In Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Airport. But yeah. I've asked the, you know, the, the three o'clock starts are because the uh, networks think that they get better ratings because. The rest of the wor- the rest of the country uh, on the oh, so it's like a twelve o'clock start. It's in like the a twelve West. o'clock start on in California time. <sighs> so they think they you know they think they get better ratings. I guess they do. I don't know. Yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, love them. <laughs> so we you know funny thing is is they they did this a long time ago, like in two thousand or some two thousand ten or ten years ago or something. They went to three o'clock starts because they said they get better ratings, and then we went back, so we d- are doomed in NASCAR to repeat our mistakes. Yeah, what do you think it's going to take like two or three rainouts to be like, oh, no, it'd just be, you know, enough. If you get if like there's one, enough complaining, if you get like one shower in Pocono, I don't. It, yeah, I don't. That's it's, not what's going to be ridiculous. They're not going to. They're not going to say, oh well, we can't have three o'clock starts because of this. This rain out, it's gonna take people complaining, oh. me and you and fans. If they mostly, don't like it, mostly you. They don't care what I say. Fans. Oh, okay. Fans are probably the ones that can move yeah. the needle. Fans, the most. tell them if you. I, mean, I always I, thought it was cool that it, you ha- had to race home from church. Yeah, and be be you know get home and catch the start of the race. Maybe we could get fans to tweet us at hashtag DJD. Do they like the 3 o'clock starts, or would they prefer... We just put up a poll. I told you last week we should do more polls. We're going to do a poll today. We keep on asking everybody to hashtag us and tweet us and tell us. Let's make it a little easier. Here's a poll. Life ain't supposed to be easy. Here's a poll. Just vote. Click this. Oh, speaking of votes... You did the vote on the red, white, and blue nationwide car, and we're not going to be able to run it. Yeah, so we talked about um, running the memorial car at uh, in the July race because we have um, we have not run run a patriotic paint scheme on the July Daytona race, and there was outrage. Yeah, well, we're not running it. We ran one two years ago. We have not ran one before, and there was outrage. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay, I know what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. So I was trying to preemptively, fi- you know. Avoid outrage. We had a great-looking Memorial Day car uh, for Charlotte, and I said, why don't we run this in Daytona? Makes perfect sense. And so fans said, yes, that's a great idea. By the time it went all the way up to flagpole, uh, our car, and they and it got to the right people that make that decision, and they thought, yeah, that's a good idea. Well, the Daytona cars are already in the paint booth getting painted with yeah. the with our original paint scheme. So it's too late. I think we're about a day or two too this late. This is the reason why. And people are like, well, well, you'll just paint it. Just paint it the other color. Well, the Daytona car and the Talladega car get like 10 coats of paint. It's not like a traditional car. They get lots and lots of clear coat because they actually paint over the decals. So they put the decals on, then they clear coat like 10 coats of the clear coat on top of the decal to take all of the edge that the decal adds to, you know, they take all that edge off so the car feels smooth as glass. Isn't that cool? It is cool. Yeah. That's too bad that we were a little late, but it's okay. The normal car I looks awesome. I was freaking disappointed. Yeah. I had to be the one to break that news to you, but it's okay. It ran well at Charlotte. It had a good life. Yep. And we will go to Daytona well, just don't, with the normal nationwide. If you got, you know, if the, I, I, mean, I guess just don't be beat up on me too bad or, or Tyler for not uh, having a patriotic race scheme. Or Nationwide. Nationwide tried. It was just... You're going to cover Nationwide here? Yeah, I saw somebody tweeted them a little angry, and I was like, no. I'm angry. Well, it wasn't their fault. It wasn't their fault. Why? Whose fault? Who should I be angry at? Um, I don't know. Mike Davis? No. We just didn't. Maybe it's our. It's a combo Is of us. Is it our fault? Me and yeah, you? we just didn't. Why are ra- we taking the fall? We just didn't raise enough hell. All right. We should have been in the streets with signs. 
tweeting every day, just reminders. Hey, nationwide. Yep. So, all right. I think this is all we got for the today's show. All right. Well, that's the show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Dale Jr. Download and all Dirty Mo Radio podcasts are made possible by Exalta. You can subscribe to all eight programs on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and all major podcasting outlets. As always, you can listen to Dirty Mo Radio podcasts on DaleJr.com. Follow us on Twitter at Dale Jr., at Overstreet Tyler, and at Dirty Mo Radio. Also, check out the Dirty Mo Radio Facebook page. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 